from Daniel Studios in Cincinnati, Ohio. It's the Dennis Daniel Show. Tonight's guest, voice actress Brenda Critchlow. And your announcer, me, Belle Dandy. And now, here's your host. He is Cincinnati's next big radio personality, Mr. Dennis Daniel. and jizzle coats, Tony's Big and Small, Blog Talk Radio welcomes you all with the moon rising high to primetime we go to a special edition of the Dennis Daniel Show. Who am I, you may ask? Just who could I be? It's just me. It's just me. It's the good old double D, Dennis Daniel. Why am I rhyming? Why all of this shtick? To bring you a guest from Friendship is Magic. But before we continue, before we go on, I must remind you this installment is brought to you by Cutie Mark Con. It's the first convention for fans of MLP, and it's May 31st through June 2nd in Cincinnati. For more information on what's going on, visit www.cutiemarkcon.com. And all of this rhyming is giving me stress, so how about I just cut to telling you the guest? People are asking. They all want to know. Tonight, we welcome none other than voice actress, Brenda Critchlow. Ugh, I got a headache. Uh, this, 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 this rhyming thing is giving me such a massive headache. But so I'm gonna, we're going to cut it. This ain't no Dr. Seuss reading, so let's get right into this. For uh, those of you who don't know, Brenda Critchlow is best known as the mysterious, magical, and lyrical Zakora the Zebra from My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. And she's coming to Cincinnati May 31st through June 2nd for Cutie Mark Con. And, of course, you can find more information at www.cutiemarkcon.com. Why is Zakora such a beloved character on My Little Pony? I mean, sure, she's an evil enchantress who does evil dances. And, and I hear if you look into her eyes, she'll put you in trances. And then you know what she'll do? I heard she'll mix up an evil brew, and then she'll gobble you up in a, uh, a big tasty stew. So they, want, they say that you should watch out. And see what I did there? <laughs> but Zakor is one unique pony. In fact, she's not even a pony. She's a zebra. She has stripes. I'm pretty sure. She's like the fruit stripe guy. You know, the guy on the gum packet. Yeah. But anyway, before we get into the interview, I thought it would be appropriate to show you guys why Zakora is a mysterious and magical zebra. So here's a quick look at some of Zakora's finest from the first three seasons. Oh, monster of so little size. Is that a Paris Sprite before my eyes? I don't know. Is it? Tales of crops and harvests consumed. If these creatures are in Ponyville, you're doomed. Follow me, and very soon, you'll hear the tale of Nightmare Moon. 
Listen close, my little dears. I'll tell you where you got your fears. Of Nightmare Night, so dark and scary. Of Nightmare Moon, who makes you wary. Every year, we put on a disguise to save ourselves from her searching eyes. But Nightmare Moon wants just one thing. To gobble up ponies in one quick swing. Hungry, she stores the sky. If she sees no pony, she passes by. So if she comes and all is clear, Equestria is safe another year. to hide from Nightmare Moon so she won't gobble us up, how come we still need to give her some of our candy? A perfect question, my little friend. For Nightmare Moon, you must not offend. Fill up her belly with a treat or two so she won't return to come eat yours. Your tale of woe upsets me so. No wonder you're dour. It's an abuse of power. I don't know what to do, Zakora. I feel like I've abandoned my friends, but I can't take her on horn to horn. If you train with me, so good you'll be, I'll show you the way to make sure she won't stay. You'll train me in magic? But she was doing age spells, weather spells, you name it. When it comes to magic, it would be tragic if some pony licked me, especially Trixie. You really think I can beat her? Mm-hmm. Okay, when do we start? So as you can see, Zakora has a lot of uh, magical ability, and she's magic smart. Not book smart or street smart, but magic smart. Well, maybe she is book smart because she can rhyme. But you know what? Let's go ahead and uh, get right into this. I'm excited. You know, a primetime edition of the program means it's going to be a good one. My guest tonight is a very popular voice actress, uh, best known as Zakora the Zebra from My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, which you can catch weekends on The Hub. She's going to be coming to Cincinnati May 31st through June 2nd for Cutie Mark Con. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, give it up for the one, the only, Miss Brenda Critchlow. <laughs> Miss Critchlow, thank you, and welcome to the Dennis Daniels Show. Well, thank you so much. What a fabulous, tremendous uh, welcome. Thank you. Uh, you starting to rhyme there. Uh, no, <laughs> oh, I thought this show would be full of rhyming, but I, I got a headache. Ugh. Oh, you know what? You're amazing. I don't think you give yourself enough credit. I was having a little giggle there. You, you're incredible. If you sat down and took the time to put the pen to the page and come up with that intro, that was amazing. Oh, stop it, you. <laughs> no, I'm serious. It's, that's, it's a tough thing to do. I'm lucky I have writers that help me with that. Yeah, uh, but uh, <laughs> but I, I gotta say, you know, it, it's really cool to have you on, you know, to promote not only the show, which you know, after just an explosive third season, and, you know, there's that rumors that season four is coming around the corner, and I think one of the coolest episodes from season three was, of course, Magic Duel, which of course Zakora makes an appearance in. But we'll talk more about uh, Zakora later on in the program. So, what sure. got you interested in acting? Whoa, wow, wow, that's a 
that's a loaded question. Um, where should I start? Uh, I guess my family, my parents got my sister and I involved from when we were kids in, in dance. So we started with that. Um, we did tap, jazz, baton, uh, ballet, then we went into piano, and then once I got into high school, I took every drama class I could, but of course I had to keep up the academics, so did that then. And then once I graduated, I was very much interested in trying to find a, a school of the arts, and I had a great mentor which was my drama teacher, and uh, I just thought at that time fame was the big show that was on, and I thought, I want to go there. I want to go to New York or, and go to this, uh, Juilliard or so. And, and, you know, my parents really could not afford to send me um, there at that time. And they said, well, why don't you do some research and see what you could find here? So I asked my drama teacher, and he recommended uh, Studio 58 Theatre Arts, which is a, a three-year uh, diploma program here in Vancouver, British Columbia. And um, as I graduated, I went and found out what the requirements were and did first-year university upstairs in the college first, and then auditioned, got accepted, and began a three-year sort of a career. And later on, I went to university, I went to Simon Fraser University and, and did some, some arts and social sciences and psychology and things like that. But film and television was just getting started here in BC at that time. So while I was still in school towards my, it's like a six term program, so three years. So towards the end, um, you know, you're, you're able to take time off and, you know, sort of do other things during a term. And as I said, film and television was just blossoming here. So shows like, and I date myself as I say this, but that's okay. <laughs> it was a good time. Shows like 21 Jump Street, MacGyver, um, feature films like Look Who's Talking. Um, I don't know, I, I, I could go on with a whole bunch of other ones, but um, all those shows were, were, were starting here. Uh, and so I just, it was a natural course from being in theater to audition for film, completely different medium, mind you, but, you know, the idea behind the theater training that I had um, allowed me to look at two pages of sides as opposed to a whole three-act play and put some of my technical training, my skills to use, and, you know, why not audition? So I got lucky and started to land some uh, guest stars uh, on some of these shows, and I loved it. I still have a, a strong love for theater that will never change, but at that time it was like something that was um, just taking off like a, a, a runaway train here, and we were just getting studios built and crews, and it was a very exciting uh, time. And that sort of branched off as well to other things like commercials. So you have film and television auditioning, and then you have commercials that are also being shot here. Um, and again, the only difference between film and television and then commercials is film and television is about your emotion, and, and commercials is about personality. You're, you're representing every woman or, or every man. Um, and you know they're they're looking for real people with have having real experiences if that makes any sense so you sort of leapfrog uh, into commercial auditioning as well and then all of a sudden oh there's an opportunity to do some radio work or radio plays and oh, look at that there's a, a cartoon you could audition for so you start developing and being an all around having to to work on voice and things like that in theater it was kind of a natural uh, progression to use that 
instrument as well. Does that make sense? That makes plenty of sense. It seems like you've had a very diverse, you know, education, and even even just starting out, you suddenly had a very diverse set of experience that you that you've done radio plays, the high school, the. It just sounds like it's been a really cool experience, especially that Studio Fifty Eight. Yeah. Yeah, my parents were um, very, you know, into it and, and encouraged us. And, you know, I, I thank my lucky stars because later on in life, I, I opened up a studio and, and taught uh, for almost 10 years before I had my kids. Um, and, you know, I came across quite a few students in a mentoring program that I started that did not have that sort of familial support. And I think I think that's a big thing. If you have family behind you, you know, they encouraged me to always have something to, as my mom said once, have something to fall back on. I said, Mom, that implies that I'm going to fail, so I will have something to fall forward on. <laughs> so they encouraged us to make sure we always had our academics um, up there and make sure the marks were good and, you know, not let that sort of slide and just keep up with the, the, the education part of it. So, you know, this industry is a very tough industry. And while my parents were, you know, very encouraging, they were very realistic as well. So I have them to thank for, for making sure that, you know, I tried as hard as I could to pay attention to, to other avenues um, and not just solely rely on, on just one thing. Because you need to be, I think, in order to succeed, be able to be diverse and flexible. Um, yeah, you know, you don't limit yourself that way. So that's my thought, and I stick and do it. <laughs> Well, sounds like some great advice for uh, some of our audience out there who uh, want to pursue their career in uh, voice acting just like you. But we'll we'll talk more about that later on in the uh, program. BlogTalkRadio.com. This is the Dennis Daniels Show. We've got voice actress Brenda Critchlow on the air, uh, best known as Zakora the Zebra from My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. And you can catch her in Cincinnati, Ohio, May 31st through June 2nd for Cutie Mark Con. So, um, of course, outside of the voice acting scene, you've uh, worked in television as a minor character for such shows like MacGyver, 21 Jump Street, and The X-Files. Uh, what is it like getting to work on so, so many different series, even if it's just a, you know, a, a small part? Oh, well, um, sure. You know, for, for most actors, there really are no small parts. It's what you can do with that uh, that part. So I'll say... I feel blessed that um, I've been able to audition and have a successful career and, and get that part. I mean, there the parts are varied. So sometimes you're going in as a doctor or, uh, gee, what do I get hired for sometimes? I get uh, hired as reporters. So sometimes it's just a few lines to come in as a, as a news anchor or an on-scene uh, reporter uh, covering some big event or what have you. What's it like? It means you have script, you have homework. It means that even if you have two lines in a in a show or or ten lines in a show, uh, you can still go home and and spend a few moments on it, and then go to the audition room and really mess it up because it's sometimes having a few lines, you get nervous and you try to make a meal out of it, and the next thing you know, you trip over it. Um, or sometimes those are the easy ones, and you just go and you can do it in your sleep. It's just uh, just kind of depends you know, where you're at on any given day. But having the opportunity to actually land a role and then go on for a, a day on set, every day is different. Uh, every crew is different. Sometimes you, you work a lot with the same people over the years, but the composition of the crew 
is fluid, so it will change. And you get to work with um, many different directors. Sometimes you'll also work with some directors you've worked in the uh, past. And I think that's also fantastic that, you know, they may remember you from something you did that was really tiny, and now they're bringing you in for a, a lead or a supporting lead. So it's like, oh, great, you get an opportunity. And same with casting. Um, you know, it's it's a team effort uh, to bring you the entertainment, the finished product, the post part of getting it, the pre-production of getting it all started right through to post. It's huge. There's so many levels. And as I said, um, you know, you get your script from your, your agent and then you're going to now go and meet with the casting director who's perhaps also called you in if they remember you from something or, you know, you've been submitted because your agent thinks that you'd be perfect for this part. So you have to go in and represent all time. So my job, as soon as I get that script, no matter how big or how small the part is, is to take it, do some script breakdown and analysis on it, and have it in my head, so learn it as well, but make sure I know what that character wants, what what's the motivation, what maybe are some of the obstacles, um, Make sure I know my choreography as I'm going in. Am I sitting? Am I standing? Do I need any kind of a prop, uh, you know, and a tiny one at that? Because film and television, you don't want to come in with anything too big. So you do your, your homework on it before you even get into the room. And then, as I said, away you go. You've got competition with 5, 10, 15, 20 other actors that um, may look just like you, or they may be, uh, there may be a complete range in age and, and look. So it could be anybody's guess, right? Yeah. So it kind of can be a bit of a crapshoot when you're going in, but you try to go in and, and do the best possible job, but also maybe bring a little shum-shum to the part that maybe somebody else isn't going to do. So to make yourself stand out just a little bit, but still stay on that continuum, you know, so that you're not too far off the mark, but maybe you've brought in something that somebody else didn't think of, and they'll go, oh, I'll remember her. Oh. And then that's it. The rest you got to leave. <laughs> you got to leave it up to to, uh, to the directors and, and producers and, and, and see what happens. It seems like you found the thing that they're looking for because you've gotten to work on some incredible shows like, uh, of course, we're talking about MacGyver. Did you ever figure out how he was able to get out of all those situations with like a wad of gum and a paper clip? <laughs> well, you know, that therein lies the magic, hey? Eh? <laughs> if we knew that, then MacGyver wouldn't be around. So, no, we're not supposed to know all the, the little bits. He kind of he kind of gives hints as to, to to how he does it. But who thinks that fast in a in a in a situation? I mean, gosh, most of us go, "Oh my god," and have a freezing moment. But he's like, "Hmm." <laughs> So we should all be so lucky to have some of that skill set and a little bit of that magic to uh, get us out of some really sticky situations, that's for sure. That was at the beginning of my career. You know, when you when you kind of look at the span, you know, there have been some really interesting ones that I've had the pleasure of working on. I, I Gee, some of them have been horror movies. Um, I've got your uh, IMDb uh, page pulled up here. and you Oh, do you? 
We've got a 21 Jump Street. Uh, we got some. We got the um, X Files. Yeah, that goes back to the that goes back like to the 80s or something like that. Bring it up to the present. You're making me feel like an antiquated right. piece of wood all here. Right, all right, all right, all right, right. Fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. Up, up, up. We went too far. Uh, let's let's rewind it back. Um, of course, outside of television, you've also been in several movies like uh, Elf with uh, Will Ferrell, The Fantastic Four. And uh, yeah, last year I could you, tell you a little yeah. bit about that. Well, tell, tell us. Go ahead and tell us. Okay. Well, Elf. Um, Elf. I was actually crew. So for the, about the six weeks of Vancouver portion of shooting, um, I was the coach the, for the twelve-year-old lead boy on that show. That was uh, Daniel Tate. So uh, I got lucky. The director John Favreau actually has a cameo in that movie. So if you watch it again. You'll see him playing, I think, the the doctor, the dentist in 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 the show, uh, when Will Ferrell goes goes there with his with his dad, um, and so I came on to to coach really, but he offered me uh, a little cameo, so it's one of the tiniest parts. You'll see me when uh, Will Ferrell goes to work and is dressed in a trench coat, just like his dad, and as he comes around a corner, he says, uh, uh. Good morning, Sarah. Very nice dress. Very purpley. And I say, oh, thank you. Good morning. So it's a quick flash. You'll you'll barely see me. You'll see me one other time, I think, when Mr. Finch is coming. Um, and that's sort of the, the cantankerous writer fellow that, uh, for anybody who hasn't watched the show, you'll know when Mr. Finch is coming. <laughs> so... I, I, I had a small little blurb in that, but as I said, I, I came on board as, as crew, and uh, that's um, something else that I do sometimes. I, I'm an on-set uh, dialogue coach, so I work with the director uh, and or the producers to bring out the best possible performance from the actors. So, yeah. Well, it's got to be cool to have your credit in Elf a, uh, da- down here in the U.S. on a USA Network where they air it every Christmas for three nights in a row. So that's three <laughs> times that we can catch you in it. Oh, you know, it was a, a fun show to, to make. Everybody on that show was, was fabulous. I have nothing but uh, respect for, for Will Ferrell. He was gracious, uh, and I've worked with some big-name stars. And I will definitely say that uh, there have been three, four, five that, that stand out to me as just down-to-earth, hard-working actors, and it made for a pleasurable experience on the set, and you could just feel the energy as we were putting it together that this could potentially be a hit. You're just doing your stuff day-to-day. You never know how it's all going to come out in, in, in post-production, but it felt really good, and it was, um, it, was, it was just a pleasure, to, as I said, to have the opportunity to meet him. He he must be very nice. Otherwise, he wouldn't be in all these uh, all these awesome movies. No, he's just he's like every guy. He's every man. He's just hi, how are you? Okay, well let's do this. And you know, same with Harrison Ford. I worked with Harrison Ford on on Firewall, and my first moments on set. Um, hi, I'm Harrison. Nice to meet you. Can you see the monitor here? Come on over here. You put a hand <laughs> on me. I was like, oh my god. You know, inside you're you're kind of trying not to. You know, I mean, I get starstruck the same. So I'm like, oh my God, I remember Indiana Jones and blah blah blah. And oh. I'm like, hi, and you're just in the scene, and he is just every guy. The crew loved him. There is no attitude. There's just a sense of I'm here to do a job, and I'm just a regular Joe. 
and I will tell you how how um, phenomenal that is in an industry where I don't know. I think I think you need to have a good attitude with everybody. It's a, a small. It's a well. It's a big group of people in a very small enclosed space who are all there the same amount of hours trying it's not just the actor but they're all trying for the common good to get this show made so when you meet somebody who's who's gracious it's great and i try and aspire to that every day in my own life too hey 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 words to live by i try to to be myself even i i can't help but get starstruck and if it had been me in that scenario with harrison ford i probably would have gone uh, uh did, did you shoot first <laughs> well, you know, I I just got very quiet and uh, you know just kind of smiled a lot, and uh, then I kind of exhaled, and then you know you just come on to do a job as well. I mean, I I landed the role, I auditioned for it just like everybody else, and somewhere down the road, your confidence does come back. And as I said, you know, you meet each other halfway. He's present in the scene. He's there to work with you, work off you. So somewhere there, your technical training takes over, and the nerves start to quiet down just a little bit. But I will not deny that there was not a bundle of nerves at the beginning. It was like, oh, oh. And the fact that he was so lovely um, was also just, like I said, just such a treat. And, um, yeah, I just try and, try and remember that myself. I have a phrase that I'll share with everybody, um, and I think it will help you in any situation. I do not know who wrote this, uh, but I, I heard it years ago, and I wrote it down, and then somehow it just kind of stuck in my brain. And every situation I try to remember it. And I'm not saying that, you know, you can't get mad or anything like that. I'm just saying, well, listen to the phrase first. I'll just tell you. It goes something like, always endeavor to come from a place of grace, integrity, and respect. Because that way, you can speak your truth and make no apology. So, what does that mean? Well, just that. In every instance, whoever you're meeting, always try to be gracious. Remember, you know, my integrity is very important. I stand by my, my word, you know, especially when I ran a studio. Um, it was very important for me to um, have a good name that's out there and um, try to respect your, your fellow person. And when, I, when it's the phrase for me means when you, uh, you know, speak your truth and make no apology, this is my truth. And uh, you might not like what I have to say, but if it's coupled with all the other things, being gracious and having that integrity, you know, and having that respect for your fellow man, then there should not be a problem. It'll be very clear and we'll move on to the next thing. And I saw that with uh, Harrison Ford when he had a whole swarm of people. We were filming at the airport, and a plane uh, disembarked, and uh, everybody, we were doing French hours, so that means there's a whole lot of food that's provided, hot and cold, all day long, so that they don't have to stop to have a meal, and there's always something there for you to eat. Well, we were separated by the, the masses, by everybody who was coming off their flights, by a table and a cord. And everybody came right by the table. There's a huge buzz. Can I get your autograph? He walked over and he just said, hi. Well, hello. And, uh, well, um, 
Unfortunately, I can't. If I do, then I would have to do everybody, give everybody an autograph. So uh, I'm in the middle of working, so I'm very sorry, but thank you very much for, for coming to say hello. And they walked away with the biggest smile on their face because he had stopped and acknowledged them. And I just thought, wow, look at that. He could have very well have just said no or just not said anything and moved away. But he was just, he acknowledged them and just spoke his truth. And there you go. And that's why Harrison Ford is such a class act. <laughs> it's just many guys nowadays, you go up to them, you, you know, you got the paparazzi shooting at all their private moments. You got TMZ bugging them. We have some random guy on the street asking for an autograph. They could push him aside, you know, say, get out of my face. But Harrison Ford, he'll just, uh, it just seems like he'd be a really nice guy about it. And just if, if he could give you one, he'd give you one. If he couldn't, he'd, he wouldn't. But he'd say, thank you for, for taking an interest in me. It just That seems like he's a real class act. Class act. Class act. And as I said, it echoes what I just said about that little phrase that I, I found. I, I, he just completely embodied that. And, you know, I've met many other celebrities uh, along the way who also the same. You know, Jeannie Francis, Ted McGinley, a show I just did with them. Um, uh, lovely. So I, there are many stars that are like that. The odd few that you, you know, <laughs> I choose not to name, but I will say there have been the odd few in the industry that, no, you know, who knows what's going on in their personal life, but, um, you know, it, it reflects poorly on them, and unfortunately, sometimes, gee, the shows don't, don't uh, soar because of that. Nobody wants to work with that, so it, it's very important in this industry to um, remember that amongst all the other parts of the pie. Yeah, I bet if you uh, remember that incident with Christian Bale a couple of years ago when he just tore into that guy on the set, and it's just, ooh, right. it, ooh it was not a well, fun day to be on that set. No, and, you know, again, you'll have to look at the whole situation and find out, well, okay, what motivated that? Was that is that a habit? Uh, what's What was the background for that? All I'll say, there's a whole bunch of factors, I'm sure, but bottom line, it was unnecessary. But you would say that you've worked with with more guys like Harrison Ford than you would the the, the bad guy, bad acting people, right? Sure, sure, absolutely. You know, the the nice thing about the industry is that some of those people are few and far between that pop in, and unfortunately for them, they also don't have a long shelf life. So the few that I have worked with that had unfortunately a really bad attitude or a sense of entitlement and they didn't speak kindly to the to the crew uh don't know where they are right about now and you know i i've also done my little research and gone to imdb and so i wonder what happened to and you don't see them so eventually some fade off into never never land and or sometimes they've they were just going through a really bad time and they've managed to clean themselves up somehow so six of one half a dozen of the other i say yeah. Hey, you reap what you sow. That's all I can say. Absolutely. Yeah, but you got to you got to take the good ones over the bad. Well, you got to take the good with the bad. You take them both, and then you had. That. Yeah, I'm there to do a job. So for the most part, you know, you you go in as a professional and try and remember all the things that I said earlier, which is to uh, as long as my homework is done and I'm prepared to the best of my ability. So once I'm on set. I'm able to take direction from my director and also, of course, from, from camera, 
the that's your next Cameron Sound. Those are the the other people that you work closest with. Of course, your hair and makeup team too, uh, and your props. Of course, I mean I could go on, but you know there there's a, a small group that are around you trying to make this production. So yeah, my as long as I'm prepared, um, you can kind of block everything else out and kind of have a little raised eyebrow off to the side. <laughs> But uh, like I said, you know, for the most part, over the course of my 25-odd years in the industry, I'd have to say most of those incidences are are eh, rare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but still, you, you hate to get guys like that when you're, when you're working really hard on a, on a product, and uh, it just seems like it would ruin it. So uh, I got a little limerick for uh, stuff like that. If people on the show make your time tragic, there's nothing will fix it quicker than a little black magic. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. com. <laughs> this is the Daniel Show. We've got voice actress Brenda Critchlow on the air, best known as the core of the zebra from My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. And you can catch her in Cincinnati, May 31st through June 2nd for Cutie Mark Con. And now we're going to get into the possibly the best part of this interview. One of your best-known current roles is the core of the zebra from My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. Uh, what was it like playing her on the series, and what do you like most about her character? Oh, wow, well, where should I start? Um, I think what I like most is the fact that, hmm, well, I guess I like the, part, the fact that she's wise, and she's also, you know, one of the phrases I said in the first episode was, you know, maybe you'll take a second look and not judge the cover of the book. I like that. That resonated within me like no tomorrow because, you know, I'm a woman. I'm a woman of color. And, you know, you you have to sometimes take a, a close look to see and know who I am as a person and not just take a first glance and, and make a judgment. So I like that. I like where the character sits within me. Um, when we auditioned for it, we had to find the voice. And for voice actors... Uh, it, it, let's just say it generally speaking, your voice is your voice. This is my speaking voice is what you're hearing now. I have at my fingertips the ability to change that and create a character that's younger, that's, uh, that speaks way up here, that's higher, that's faster, um, that has a different kind of an accent, whatnot. What was lovely about the core is that she's rooted deep and it, it resonates deep within my chest when I get to uh, uh, play her. I, it's dropped. I take a big breath. Um, and it's that, that sort of that smoky side. So I'll take a moment now. And it's taking the breath. And then, of course, now it's playing with part of my roots, my history. I'm half Jamaican, half Trinidadian. So they wanted sort of a African, kind of a West Indian. First it was originally Cajun. She kind of metamorphosed when I was doing the audition. So we played around a little bit of where the character's accent would be, where the voice would sit within the register. And before you knew it, it was getting more earthy, a little lower, um, very mysterious, very powerful. And, you know, we we played a lot with, with as I said, the accent and uh, you know, I gave them sort of that them drive out cat cat and pick up them you know them yeah you know what what did you say <laughs> we we can't understand that it sounds like Rasta talk no that's too much for her come back a little bit okay so you know, try again good we like where that sits that sounds good and then we just laid it down and and lots of people auditioned for that for the part and um, I got it 
so that was uh that was uh, another little like woohoo so she's fun to play as well because of the the writers are fantastic on the show and give me so much material to work with so the I get to just soar with her um, and our director as well. Terry is just phenomenal. Just, okay, pull it back. Okay, here we go. Try this one. No, let it, let it rip. Stand back from the microphone and let it rip. So there's a whole bunch of things that make the character fun to play. And I'm the only one on the show, actually, that's got, uh, out of the females anyway, that has that kind of a low uh, register play. So I'm thrilled. And just being me, too, um, it's always been more difficult for me. All of us as voice actors have our strengths, and it's a little bit more difficult for me to play a 10-year-old character, so to speak, or 12 or 15, because my voice has always had a little bit more of a husky, uh, smoky timber, and it just sits a little lower. And as, you know, first thing in the morning, sometimes it's a little low, and as the day progresses, it changes. So, you know, trying to match stuff it was nice to be able to play within a register that i could get into and relate to um yeah working it sometimes with some of the other ones is like oh that didn't sound like a 15 year old you know dragon or what have you that that sounded a little off yeah so yeah the one thing that i've learned talking to the my little pony voice actors and actresses you never ever 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 want to get into a little kid voice off with Kathy Westlock. I've I've learned that lesson. Oh, she's <laughs> no. good. Kathy's Kathy's the bomb. She's got that one covered. She sits to my left in uh studio as I said when we're we're there for those ensemble days and no, oh, she's phenomenal. She makes a great spike and a, I I know a host of characters that she she plays over the years and um you know, she's outstanding. And you know, same with Andrea and Tabitha. You know, we've got we've got women on this show that uh as I said, they they know their strengths and you know are aware of their gifts. So it's about it's not about ego. It's about working with what you've got. We've all been given something, right? Or a little shum shum, as I like to say. Remember that a little shum shum. We've all been given something special. So we try to pull out whatever you can and then just play. So I'll say that to to any voice actor, aspiring voice actor that's out there. You know, write, put a name to your characters and, you know, play with your register, play with your voice to see what you can come up with. And you'll soon discover what comes really easy and, you know, what you have to work a little harder for. Um, And every voice actor that you will talk to will say, oh, I I find that a little bit challenging. But these are the ones that I'm really good at. (laughs) And the neat thing about it is when you're listening to I have a whole bunch of accents that I can do, but you're not seeing the person, so you have to just listen. So it's a neat medium as well to work with with that as well. When I first heard Zakora in season one of My Little Pony, I thought, I thought, um, oh, wow, she sounds like that, really? And now I know, and okay, now she does. And so, like, I've not been fooled by another fake Jamaican accent, just like Kofi <laughs> Kingston. Yeah, West, uh, a little West Indian and a little African. It's, um, you know, that... Oh, I, I, I'm just trying to think of a line or something I could say, but, but where it sits, somewhere like so, that is what it is. If you can think, I, I'm not even going to try to rhyme right now. <laughs> I don't think anything is going to come to me. No, but no, no, no. It's totally you, cool. you get the idea of of where the 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 emphasis is on 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 the thing. It's a it's a great character to play. She's hilarious, and I had no idea there was this huge following until I did my my very first interview not that long ago, and and was. 
just uh, I was just awestruck. With, uh, you know, I've had my head, um, you know, in the sand. I've just had, uh, I have a son who's nine months. Oh, excuse me, he just turned 10 months and a four-year-old uh, daughter. And uh, I just go to work like everybody else. <laughs> I had no idea that she was being, the core was being received uh, so well. So I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm still uh, in awe and thrilled and I've met some of the most amazing people Amazing. I'm going to give a shout out to the Bronies right now and just say, y'all are just incredible. Thank you for your support. <laughs> Bronies! Yeah! Bronies, yay! Hey, Bronies, they powered this show for the last couple of episodes. Yay! Yay! Well, they're talented. Um, I've met some very gifted artists, uh, intelligent, um, and just as I said, with some real amazing techno savvy, I'm just so not technically inclined and seeing what they can make in terms of art and, and just design, um, unbelievable. I, I wouldn't know the first thing as, as to how to create and reproduce some of the, the, the artwork that I've uh, had the pleasure of seeing. So I might give a huge, huge shout out and kudos just to some of the people I've had the pleasure of meeting in L.A. and Vegas. So I'll just say, wow, thank you. Yeah, I got to say, hey, 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 it doesn't matter if you can't do any of that artsy stuff. You provide the medium that inspires these people to create all kinds of great artwork, great music, great stories. They've, they've got all this great stuff just for Zakora. It's great. Some of it's a little creepy. But, you know, <laughs> it's still amazing that, you know, the Pony universe has got just such a, a big fan base. And I'm going to say that this universe even rivals, you know, the Pokemon universe, and that's been around for almost 20 years, so... You've how, got... how do you know that? How is that measured? Where where do you come up with that? Like, uh, I, this is what, what blew me away. Until I attended the convention, I had no idea that there was that many people. A thousand people, two thousand people came. I, I would not have known that... Uh, this network existed. So how do you do that that count, or, or how do you find those stats? Brenda, if I told you everything that existed in the Brony universe, we would be here all night. I mean, really? you've got you've got people who do flash animations of the ponies. Uh, you've got people on DeviantArt who uh, do vectors of the characters. I've and, seen Deviant. I've been on DeviantArt. Yes, I have. You've and got I've seen Deviant some of the incredible drawings. You've got dedicated websites like EquestriaDaily.com who feature all kinds of, of posts and, and news about what's going on in the My Little Pony universe. You've got podcasts, of course, like Bronyville, Everfree Radio, The Dennis Daniels Show. <laughs> Everfree yes, yes. Intense. Well, hint hint, hint, yes, yes. But, yes. <laughs> yes. yes. I got it. I got it. You know, I used to think, and this for a long time, that Hulkamania was the strongest force in the universe. And then I see these bronies, I see these guys, they, they dress up as their characters, they do unique concepts for the characters. We've seen yeah. creepy versions, we've seen human versions, we've seen... Uh, I've even seen Zakora pregnant. <laughs> yeah. I've seen, I saw one of her pregnant. I don't know if anybody knew at the time that I was pregnant, but I saw one of her pregnant. So I, I've seen all sorts. But, you know, I'll, I'll stick with the, the, the light and furry kind there. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's, let's keep this, you know, keep it to where the show's going. We, we can't divulge we yeah, off the panel. Let's keep it it's clean. Just, it's just keep it clean. Don't make it to Keep it clean. Yes, but, you know, bronies have just taken so much 
out of such, such little a show. And it's no wonder that you guys are being asked to, to jet around the, the country to these various conventions, and you see, you see attendances of 1,000, 2,000, 5,000, 10,000. Well, they are what's making the show. I have to thank the fans. That is it, period. If no one was listening, we wouldn't have a show. So the fact that we have this incredible support and, you know, they have, everybody has their opinions too, and it's like, okay, give it a chance, give it a chance. <laughs> um, you know, yes, I'm thrilled to have an opportunity to meet with the fans. And as I said, it makes our work um come from a completely different place knowing that we're on a hit show and we've got people listening so while yes I come in and and try and do the best possible job that that I can there's a little part of me that knows that okay but clarity and and what it is that I'm saying somebody is listening to somebody is somebody somewhere is really listening and uh that makes all the difference in the world there's been lots of projects that you know you work on and be it a radio spot or something like that and okay it's the fly by night thing you don't know you know is anybody really hanging on to that spoken word but the fact that as i said um the opinions are out there the support is out there i have only the brony community um and everybody else to say thank you too in all sorts of ways. So I'll just give a little give a little sugar when I, I get an opportunity to come um to where you live and uh say hello and meet and greet with everybody. Yeah, we good. Uh, that's a great tangent right there. But before we get into that tangent, blogtalkradio.com, this is the Dennis Daniel Show. We've got voice actress Brenda Critchlow on the air, uh, best known as Zakora the Zebra from My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. And you can catch her in Cincinnati, Ohio, May 31st through June 2nd for Cutie Mark Con. Now, into that tangent I was aforementioning too. You're coming to Cincinnati May 31st through June 2nd for Cutie Mark Con. And for those of you who don't know, which we've been saying this a thousand times on this program, Cutie Mark Con is Cincinnati's first My Little Pony convention, May 31st through June 2nd at the Crown Plaza, Cincinnati North, just outside of Cocoa Keys. Uh, visit cutiemark.com for more information after the show, of course. So uh, so are, are you getting excited? Are, are you uh, are you getting ready for such a, an incredible convention from what I've seen? They've just announced a new concept. What happens when you take the characters from My Little Pony and throw them in the always entertaining sport of professional wrestling? We're going to find out Friday night with Wrestling is Magic. But we got a, But like I said, are you excited? Are you ready for this convention? What, 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 what can we expect? Oh, I have no idea. I have never been to Cincinnati, Ohio, so maybe you can tell me. Uh, let's um, see, Cincinnati. Um, well, uh, let's see, Cincinnati. Well, we've got awesome tartar sauce. Freshest, freshest. <laughs> there, there's more. There's more. Uh, uh, boy. <laughs> May I think that's when the... See, uh, do, you, do you like how I turned the tables on you? Do you like how I yeah, did that? I yeah. put you in the hot seat. Yeah, you tell me what's so great about your city. I'm going to come and hopefully get a chance to see just a teeny, weeny bit, but... You know, I turned the tables on you just to say I've never been, so I don't, I have no idea what to expect. I, I'm I'm hoping you have a huge turnout, so I, I get a chance to meet um, everybody. So come on down if you're out and about. I'd love to uh, love to hear and yeah. and hear the stories too. Cutie Mark Con is a convention run by My Little Pony fans for My Little Pony fans. I know the guys who are running this convention, and they are some of the most 
crackpot and some of the most magnificent people that you could ever meet, and they put a lot of time and a lot of energy into this convention. They've got some really great guests besides you coming. Andrea Libman, Matt Hill, Marika Hendricks, Peter New, Sam Vincent. Uh, they got Rena Chan from the Pony Dot Move series. Great people. So, yes, I can attest to that. Yes, yes. It, it, it will truly be a weekend of obscure rhyming schemes. Among other things. Among other things. Yes, yes, definitely. What is? I've actually never been to a pony convention. I've been to anime conventions, but never a pony convention. So, what what is it like? I mean, it's got to be ginormous. What's it like? Yeah. Oh, oh, well. um, Turn the tables on you now. (laughs) (laughs) What's it like? Well, there are a couple of uh, forums, so sometimes we're on a panel, just like this, but you have us in person, so you have an opportunity to, we have a host, so somebody asks some questions and stuff, and then it's opened up to the audience, uh, and everybody lines up and has a, a, an opportunity over a little bit of a time frame there to ask something about, you know, I can't, we can never speak too much about the show, show, any particulars about the show, because it's confidential, but, you know, little little bits, sometimes people have some comments or some thoughts or, or so, Um and I guess then we have an autograph session as well, which is also kind of fun because then, you know, I actually get to be pretty well up close and personal with uh, all the fans. So we get two minutes to, you know, talk or chat and sign something and maybe take a picture. And that's when I get to hear all the stories. So where are you from? Well, I'm actually military. Where are you from? I'm with the Air Force. Where are you from? Oh, I'm, I, I'm an artist and I've worked with da-da-da-da-da. Uh, you know, you just meet a myriad, um, an array of people. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a really good time. And again, that's Cutie Mark Con, May 31st through June 2nd. And of course, if you want more information, if you want to go ahead and register, head over to cutiemarkcon.com. Because you want want to go because you want to see this lady. She's awesome. You're sweet. I'm going to give you a big virtual hug. Yeah, virtual hug. And a kiss. Thank you. Aw. Oh, beats a curse because that would be worse. Oh, God, <laughs> damn it, I'm doing it again. <laughs> oh, God. But do come, do come and see. It'll be so nice to meet you. Yes. Do, I hope I hope we have lots of people come. Gosh, I, I, I love that. And somebody can write a rhyme for me. There you go. Put it out there. Somebody can write a rhyme and I'll, I'll get an opportunity to say it there. You never know. You never know. I might have to write something for you then. We'll be Sure. We'll be tough, but we'll get it done. Sure. Put a shout-out to some of the fans, see if they come up with a couple things, too, and we'll give somebody some credit there. You never know. That'd well, be great. Well, maybe we can get some of our listeners out there right now to give us some cool rhymes. We're going to go ahead and take some uh, listener questions, and we're going to go ahead and open up the shrimp line. So our first listener question is from Cedric Smith. Uh, what's it like working with a cast? I, I know you talked about it a little bit you know, in, in, the, in the beginning, but uh, can you tell us a little bit more about working with the cast? Uh, what's it like working with the cast? Yeah. Hmm. In any given day, uh, there may be, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, six, seven, eight of us, I guess, uh, around a mic or so. Um, you've got those who are sort of the series uh, regulars on the show, so they're there you know, every day. Then there are those of us who pop in uh, and have you know, a day or two back-to-back. Uh, that's the first thing. So off I pop. I'm in the same spot every time, which is right beside Kathy Westlock. So when we start our session, 
there's a whole lot of chitter chat going around. How are you? What's going on? Uh, Tabitha always has uh, cookies and or, you know, I don't know. Sometimes she's had like banana bread or something. She's the mother of everybody. She always has something good to eat. And she also has some tarot cards sometimes. And, you know, Kathy and I sort of write over each other's scripts. <laughs> but when we start, uh, there's a lot of goofing off in between. And then as the recording starts, there's a, not a pin drop. It's silent. We, we may be looking at each other and making googly eyes, but for the most part, there's, you know, out of respect for the fact that we do have a job to do, there's just absolute silence. And we've got our headset on and you're you're sort of ready to go for line one. And then you know that you're coming up on line five um, or page three, uh, line number 27. So you, you may be just waiting to come up for it. And then you're, you're listening for, for direction. And as I said, there's accents and improvisation sometimes that's flying across the room. It's, uh, voice actors just seem to have... Uh, a pickle trunk full of of ridiculousness. <laughs> That's the best way. Sometimes it's like being in a tennis match because on the other side of the room, two people may be going at it with saying something, you know, and all of a sudden it becomes a bunch of Scottish people or Irish people saying, are you related to the girl in the corner? No, I'm not. And, then, and recording episode 107, page 7, and there's silence. <laughs> and so the, the, you know, they're right in the middle of something. And it stops, and we go right back to work. So it's 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 a fun place to be. And as I said, you can come to work dressed any way you like. Nobody can see you. Uh, for the most part, I haven't really seen anybody show up in their pajamas. But you know, you, you come in in your 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 comfy clothes, and you know, if you're coming in a pair of high heeled shoes, usually they're kicked off. And you're you've got your chair, you've got your your water, and you have your script, and away you go. Man, you had the end banana like. bread. Yeah, yes, <laughs> I, we we do we do during break, <laughs> so it's it's great. Yeah. And you know the other thing too, besides besides the food, there's always a sense of um, you 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 get a chance to watch some true artists at work. So as I said, each voice actor has their own special talent, and they also have their own special challenge with their script. So sometimes somebody has to do a lot of falling through the trees or something and there's a lot of oh 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 oh, oh, oh. That, that's lots of vocalization and a lot of screams or you know ah, all day long and you have empathy for them and then sometimes you're just laughing and cracking up because <laughs> you're busting a gut they've come up with something funny on take two or three and you kind of feel like okay that was good you nailed it and you're in awe because you know you 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 don't realize that they're thinking the same thing when you are working through your stuff too that they're admiring oh neat you found something but it's a work in progress so it's it's neat to see something off the page come to life and that's our jobs so yeah it's it's neat to see choices and stuff that I I wouldn't even have thought of to do so you learn something too yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, if I had half the talent you guys had, I'd probably go, holy crap, I'm going to have the talent the voice actors do. <laughs> sure, but, but sure. Oh, to be it's a just plain. That's all it is, really. Yeah, but oh, to be a fly on the wall at one of these voice acting sessions, ooh, I would just love to see that and, and just see that, how that would go. It just It just seems like, oh, my gosh, these guys have a blast. They get to do what they love. They love what they do. Oh, yeah. You know, we, we do love what we do. But please remember that, you know, it's hard work some days. Uh, and I say that because 
to get that vocal uh, quality, how, how, how can I how can I phrase this? It it takes finding it, and it's a lot of oxygen, and it's it's you you don't want to damage your voice. Sometimes you you have characters that just have vocalizations um, all day, you know, or or that character has to be in a very loud voice. Don't even think about it, and then say it again. No, shout it a little. Don't even think about it. So you're you're having to project. You're having to take <gasps> lots of oxygen and you know, deliver it and then deliver it again. And it's the repetition sometimes. So there's a lot of care that's involved as well, I think, with, with, with you know, trying to maintain that consistency, but also protecting um, our instrument too. Yeah, but hey, if voice acting were easy, everyone would do it. That's why it takes only a select few like you and the girls on My Little Pony that to do what you do. And I got to say, you guys do it and you do it well. Well, thank you. And, um, thank you, thank you. Our next question is, uh, outside of Zakora, do you have a favorite pony? <laughs> well, you know, Andrea is my, my little friend's Pinkie Pie. Sometimes it's just what cracks me up. And, of course, you know, Applejack. But, you know, Pinkie Pie is, is, is the, the one that gets me every time. So, definitely. Yes. I, I don't know why she's so hyper, but just some of the stuff she does is just, it's mind-blowing. And she she just goes, Andrea just goes, and it's neat to see her just open up and just, and again, look at the difference in voice quality, too. She Her character sits, you know, I could never do that, no matter how hard I tried. So I'm in awe of watching her work to, to bring out Pinkie Pie the way she does. So, yes, I, mean, I have to give kudos to Pinkie Pie. But you also got to give it to her because she does two completely parallel characters. On one side, you've yep. got Pinkie Pie, who's you know all over the place and and got to rain. Yeah, and on the other side, you have Fluttershy, who's quiet and and timid and, yeah. and frightened and yeah, introverted and sweet and 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 the whole bit. So yeah, and and sometimes that's also a challenge for her. Well, I I shouldn't, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but that's that's where where her magic has to work, which is to be able to vocally switch from, you know, where Pinkie Pie sits and then where Fluttershy sits in her register. Yes, and I just, I'm like, I don't know how she does it. It might be some witchcraft in there. It might be some true magic. But <laughs> you'd have to be, you'd have to be a fly in the wall there, honey. <laughs> oh. Well, maybe I'll get to see some of this uh, magic going at Cutie Mark Con, May 31st through June 2nd at the Crown Plaza, Cincinnati North, just outside of Coco Keys. For more information, visit cutiemarkcon.com. Got to plug it. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, um, are there any new shows or projects that you're working on that you can tell us about? I have one that's coming up. I can't say too much about it right now. I just play the neighbor in it. I just got the full script. It's called Soul Custody. I have not read the whole thing yet. When we do auditions for film and television, they do not always release the full script. It is not always available at the audition. So that has just popped up as of today. I shoot that on the 28th of the month. Um, so, yeah, that's all I can tell you at the moment because I have not read the full script but it's pretty standard in our business uh, when you go to the audition you just get maybe the uh, synopsis and then three, four, five, six, sometimes ten pages of sides depending on the uh, size of the character and then you just have to go to down go do your homework and 
you know, maybe if you're lucky and it's a director-producer session, ask questions uh, and or ask questions to the casting director if it's just you and the casting director and it's being put on tape. So, yeah, I had the director and producer in the room, but uh, they weren't taking any questions. I said, thank you. When I auditioned for a completely different role, <laughs> come to think of it. So, yeah, that's one of the projects that's uh, that's upcoming as we speak. Yeah, soul custody. Uh, trying to figure out how that how that would go. I'm just trying to see. Kind of sounds like a, one of those child custody lifetime movies. You know. Yeah, that, that's sort of the synopsis. That's that's in the synopsis. But I mean, I, I don't know how my character fits into the whole scheme of things as we speak. Um, I'm also going into the studio for the show for My Little Pony on the fourteenth, I believe. I better double check. I'm going in. Oh no, pardon me. Pardon me, coming up, coming up. I think it's April. It's April 4th. I'm going in into the studio. So coming up. You can't tell us anything, and it's killing me. I can't. I can't. You see, in order to maintain the integrity of the show, we are all sworn to confidentiality. So you'll just have to wait and see. And yes, and therein lies the magic. Gosh, I'm getting... I would love to be able to say more, but um, we can't. <laughs> Gosh, man, I, I've been getting I've been getting Sergeant Schultz by all these voice actors. I see nothing. I know nothing. And I don't. Gosh, but, you know, from what I've heard on the rumor mill, you know, probably not the best place to go, but season four, you know, it, it, you guys have got a lot of work cut out for you. I mean... We've just seen Twilight Sparkle become Princess Twilight Sparkle. The internet blew up in excitement and some blew up in rage, which really just gets me like, it's a show. Why are you guys... So, and I don't know if you guys you have seen this or if, if any of the other guys have seen this, but this internet, I tell you what, Brenda, this internet is just... It's, it's like a, a keg of dynamite. And when you mention something as big as Twilight becoming an alicorn... It just, you just want to kick back, get some popcorn, and watch the fireworks because they just, they just eat this up and they just like to just blow holes in everything. And it's so. Funny. Well, like I said, those are, those are fans. Those are fans. They're allowed to. They're allowed to have an opinion. I kind of like that they do. And I kind of like that they take some of it personally and that they hold it near and dear because, as I said, we would not have a show. We would not have a show. You know, to the extent that it's kind of, you know, blowing up like that, that's, that's just, you know, okay, wow. <laughs> but, uh, uh, for the most part, is I think it's great that um, people are so involved with the with the show that you know they're a bit affronted or appalled, like holy smokes, why is it going in that direction? Yeah, I remember uh, for uh, the episode Wonder Both Academy with uh, Kelly Metzinger, she did Spitfire. Uh, people apparently did not like that she was cool and lax in the first season, but when she came back, she was all tough and, and hardcore. Was, uh, essentially, guys, gotta remember the episode was a parody of Top Gun. So, you know, they've they got to have the drill sergeant for that. And who better than the leader of the Wonderbolts? And, and why am I getting into this stuff? This is, oh, gosh. You know, why can't more people be mellow like Zakora? Zakora is just, <laughs> Zakora is the, uh, a badass. She's a badass pony. And you know how she's a badass pony? Because she's not a pony. She's a zebra. She's a zebra. And originally that character was like a, thought on as a, a shaman, hey? Did you know that? Actually, and this is actually kind of cool because I, I see the fo- I see a photo of you on IMDb, and I see Zakora with her cloak. She, you know, it's kind of hard not to connect Zakora with uh, Michonne from The Walking Dead. 
<laughs> yeah, come on, come on. I you, I, you gotta see the connection. You gotta connect the dots. I see it. It's just. I'll have to take a look. But because she, because in the season, but do not judge the cover of the book. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Gosh, I'm I'll give you a shout out there. Yes, I love that. I love the decor voice. I love it. It's just so <laughs> it's so deep and mystic. That's just like, ooh, it's so cool. And like I said, I'm I'm thrilled. I'm so thrilled because sometimes you know, uh, can I go off on a tangent? Am I allowed to go off on a tangent? Sure, go off a tangent. Go off fifty tangents. Go off a okay. tangerine well, if you want. What's that? I said, go off a tangerine if you want. Go off a tangerine. Okay, here's my tangerine tangent moment. Uh, okay. When you do, I'm just talking straight voice tags. Um, here are some samples of some voice tags. Let's see if you, you understand where I'm going with this. Um, there may be a uh, public service announcement or something where you're you're saying one in five women may come down with or may show symptoms of. It's sort of a la 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 sort of a voice, right? Then you may have the um, more sultry sound where it might be something like the new Ford Explorer with four-wheel drive. It'll take you and your family where you need to go. Or it might be a face commercial or something. Ivory snow. A lot of people like ivory or use ivory on their face because they don't want colorings and strange perfumes on their skin. You know, they they might want something that's a little more intimate, especially if it's done um, with softer music and things like that. Now, the joy for me is that, as I said before, my natural voice sits in that realm. And sometimes you're told, okay, pull it back. Uh, we're, we're getting sort of a bit of a, too much of a smoky sound or we're getting... And with Zakora, I never had that. It was give us more. So it was so lovely to take that part of my speaking voice that's already there. I I would love to have a a clear crystal uh, a voice and maybe have a voice that was just up here and just sounded different. And you know maybe I sounded you know blah blah blah. I've done characters like that before, but that's not me. So how wonderful that um, there's a little bit of me in Zakora. And it just sits in a nice, round, um, yeah, deep spot that just can resonate a little bit of mystery and a little bit of magic. Mm, yeah. So very cool. I now want to go out and buy a Ford Explorer. I don't know why. I just want to go buy one. <laughs> I, I might have done a voice tag for, for Ford or something, some, somewhere on, on radio. I don't know. Or, but uh, yeah, some reason that comes to mind. Ivory Snow, um, I think I did a, a an actual commercial for Ivory Snow, and that was the direction, which was we will have the camera very close, and the music playing in the back would be something like like a packle bell. So, dun 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 dun. There's like the steam. You've just come out of the, the the bath, and you're you're. It's a face commercial, so they want to see as you're you're speaking, you're talking about you know what you put on your face, and they just wanted something that was soft and intimate and right to camera. And um, you know, almost not a whisper, but not quite. And it was nice to uh, nice to get as a actor, but also in combination with voice, to find that spot to just say, "You think you have sensitive skin? Well, I have allergic skin, so it's important for me to use a soap that's pure 
and it was nice to just, as I said, find where it resonates and, and let it rip. Well, it sounds like you've uh, got a really good niche there because I, too, suffer from sensitive skin. <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. All right. I'll stop talking now. I did go off on a little tangent, tangerine right. there. Totally cool. And second, you got to use what you're given. And I think that this gift that you have of this awesome, you know, awesome, mysterious, dark, deep voice, I think you've just, you know, knocked it out of the park with, with doing Sakura because – She's a char- She's not like one of these minor background characters, you know. She may not be as big as Derpy, but then again, who is as big as Derpy? Oh, Derpy. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, you know, as I said, I, I'm, I had no idea there was this, this following, and I'm thrilled to bits. And it's been just a wonderful journey meeting and greeting with all the fans from the show. And I, I, I've got a great job, so I'm, I'm very thankful, very thankful. Yeah. Um, well, our final question is, like I said earlier, we've got an audience of voice actors, theater majors, drama majors, people who want to get their start in the voice acting industry. Uh, aside from the advice you've given us, do you have any more advice that you could possibly share with us for those who, too, want to pursue a career in voice acting? Sure. Um, I would say maybe a couple of things. Uh, remember that it is a business. So, um Instead of just saying, you know, I want to be, all right, start doing. So what are you going to do to make yourself stand out besides making sure you've taken some training? That's the first thing. Um, you, you, you won't get far in this industry without learning a few tricks of the trade from some of the professionals that are in your area. That's the first thing. And then practicing. You must practice, practice practice. Why would you not practice? Why would you think that you could go and do the 4 by 100 and win that gold medal uh, if you never ran a day in your life? Or you only practiced inconsistently? So, in order to be good, in order to excel excel and not be uh, average or, or, or mediocre, strive for excellence in everything you do. So, the hard part that most people don't enjoy doing is is the the practice, the training. You, you you've taken some training. Now you have to take what what you've learned and sit down and do some of the the paperwork, like some of the writing out of stuff. Then you have to vocalize some of that stuff and just keep practicing it. Label it. Write it down. If you discover a character, call it a name. Who cares? And the other thing is is don't be afraid. To be silly, you have to play. All actors are pretty playful and pretty young at heart. We're always we're all pretty serious as well. Um, and the serious part comes in a few ways. It's a business, and it's a business about emotion, and it's a business about being as true as you can to the character. So if you look at it from all of those perspectives, it will come together for you. You have to represent, so you need to be able to have done all this background stuff first, then bring your package to an agent, but do the research on every aspect. So even though you may be going into voice, come and be dressed neatly when you go. Um, make sure you've got a demo reel, that you've, you've named some of these characters, you've had somebody um, in a studio that has helped you 
put that on because you took training, so you've now gone to that particular studio that maybe they suggested, and you've made it as professional as you can. And yes, I realize that money is is an option um, sometimes. Uh, You know, sometimes it it can be a bit of a hindrance because sometimes it costs money to take these classes, then it's going to take money again to go and reproduce on, on a demo tape. So I always say, beg, borrow, steal. See if there's somebody that you know that can, you know, for a coffee, can can give you some advice, a trade or something. Sometimes the barter effect works. I'm a teacher as well, so sometimes I'll just say, look, if um, you want an hour of my time, then, you know, okay, this is my, my hourly rate, but we can also look at a trade of some kind. So there might be something that you can do for me. Maybe it's you can come into my studio. When I have my studio, you can do some scripts or some filing or something that would be helpful for me for that, that hour that would be of, of value. Um, find a mentor. That's the other thing I was going to say. So remember the business part of everything. Um, right up to, to getting yourself there to an actual agent. Make sure you've done the research on this agent so that um, you know who and who they have on their roster and if it's the right agent for you. Make sure you come in armed with some questions um, as to how they're going to represent you, what some of their expectations are. Um, And as well along the way, as I said, adopt a mentor. Mentors come into your life sometimes for a short time, not a long time. Um, And some of them do come for a long time. Like I said, one of my mentors is my drama teacher. Um, but sometimes I've got um, other people along the way that I'll stop in and ask for advice. Andrew is one of them. I've asked her here and there, what is your thought on, what do you think on? And it doesn't matter if they're younger than you, older than you, not even in the same field as you. Somebody may be able to impart a little bit of wisdom that may be helpful um, in getting you to that next level. The other thing is, is you have to just remember that it is, after all, a very competitive business. So if you don't do the homework, Somebody else will. The other thing to remember is that it's also a little bit of a crapshoot, a little bit of luck. It might be that it wasn't a good day for you when you went in to do that interview. It wasn't a good day for the agency, perhaps, and they just weren't interested and said, come back next time. Be persistent. Um, Be gracious, however. And it may be that you take your package and you resubmit again to that same agency because they said, ah, you didn't really have enough experience or we're not too, you know, keen on, well, we have somebody just like you. So go someplace else or maybe if that's the agency that you really wanted to get into, um, try and take some of that criticism because this business is all about criticism. Um, Turn it into a positive and see what you can do to make that work in your favor. That's what I will say will be one of the little basic uh, things for for success, really. You just have to persevere and um, not um, keep your confidence. Know what you're you're good at and be okay with getting getting the critique. Having somebody along along for the ride as a mentor would be, I'd say, ideal. Uh, I have mentored. I've mentored um, kids, teens, adults. I'm most known for the teens that I mentored when I had my studio. I gave 14 weeks of on-camera training free and also a little bit about the business. I'd have casting directors come in and talk about what it is they do. Um, I had, uh, you know, 
them have the opportunity to go on to a film set, which was Kyle XY, which was uh, North Shore Studios, and meet with the casting directors there and have a tour. And all of this was me saying to the people that I know in my little network, um, here's a bottle of wine, here's some flowers, thank you very much. I did not um, um, necessarily pay for that. That was my way of saying they also need to be able to give back to the community so that we can foster new talent. Know that this industry of voice acting, of film and television, for those who are aspiring and just graduating and getting ready to embark, needs, um, needs talent. Wherever you are, just know that you may have that, that unique voice or, or, or what have you. So find somebody who can be a role model that can assist you, and there are no stupid questions. If you don't ask, then you know you you don't get the help, and you just won't know. So find somebody that can can show you the ropes, um, but just remember that and be respectful of their time as a professional, whoever that is that you 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 find. And I think that's um that's what I would say to anybody who's who's graduating. Um, think of it like uh, a business and be be very serious about it and make sure you do your your workout. It's your it's your instrument. Oh, and the last thing I'll say, I guess, try and be um, an all around. Try and be as as diverse as possible. Um, you know, those who who seem to succeed in this industry have a whole lot of other things they can pull out of their hat. So sometimes you may be required to sing. You may be required to dance. You may be required to, you know, act. Some people may be stronger at one of those things. It does not hurt at all. I mean, I've had to sing in, in a few cartoons. I've had to sing on camera. I've had to sing in, in theatrical productions. I do sing. I'm not a, you know, a strong singer, but I can sing. I can hold my own. I know what my range is. I know what my strengths and weaknesses are with my own. So I know it's important for me to go get coaching if I need to get it so that I can master that audition or master that role. So work on on trying to be as diverse and as flexible as you can within the industry with whatever your gifts may be. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. Begin it now. I have that phrase i use that as my my little uh inspirational quote when i started my studio um and the only reason why i closed my studio is i had two kids well i got married had two kids <laughs> and just hours and things like that but that was something that i found empowered me and allowed for me to have the confidence and the other thing i'll say too is to remember no matter what whether you get involved in front of the camera or on radio which is like behind the scenes in some way you are unique. You are unique. There will always in life be somebody who is taller, skinnier, prettier, have more money than you, have more something or other that you may perceive. Grass is not always greener. You bring what you bring to the table, and you do what you do to the best of your ability. And then the rest, you're going to have to just leave up to the gods. But I tell you what, you will know it's almost like the the space in between the words, you will know when you've made that impression and when you when you have not. And sometimes, you know, you think you did a crappy job, but your technical training actually held up and somebody saw something and, and hired you anyway. But there's a moment or two sometimes where you go, you know what, I might not land that job, 
but to the best of my ability, I brought it. I brought the emotion. I was true to the script. I was respectful of the script. And I was able to lift those words and bring that emotion, whatever it is. And it came from a, a real truthful and honest place. And that's the best that you can do. And you can walk out of that room at least with your head held high. Oh, I hear I hear applause. <laughs> it's just just me. That that does sound like some pretty pretty solid advice, and it just seems like you know you've known a lot working almost three decades in acting and voice acting, and it seems like that is just some advice that some of the younger generation should take to heart. And of course, during all that, I came up with a really great limerick. I got to take the show out on a good limerick, so. If voice acting practice, your time's not consumed. When you go to audition, my friends, you're doomed. You're you're doomed? Why would you say you're doomed? Oh no! Because that's the because I was I was citing the the Paris Spry quote when the chorus just bluntly goes, "You're doomed." Oh, you're doomed. Okay, okay. The play on the words when I said that about the Paris Spry. Okay, I get that part. You're doomed. You must you must practice. That was just so blunt. It's like we're expecting some kind of deep philosophical thing, and then it's like a middle finger from Zakora. <laughs> that was my my warning, and then you're doomed. Yeah. <laughs> she just sort of said it flat. You're doomed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Boo hoo. Well, anyway, well. I hope that was that'll be helpful for, oh, for oh, yes. inspiring oh, definitely. Um, actors and performers. I really do. Definitely, and I gotta say, Brenda, it's been truly a huge honor to have you on the program and, and talk to you about your extensive experience in voice acting and acting. And maybe when season four finally gets back on the hub, we'll, we'll have to have you back on to talk about all the oh, cool sure. things that Sakura is doing now. And truly, this has been a magical interview, if not for the fact that we had the most magical person in all of Ponyville. Hopefully you continue to do that black magic zebra thing that you do. I will. And you you have yourself a really good night. And no, there's no rhyme in there, but you get the sentiment. <laughs> hey, I gotta say, that voice is out of sight. There we Excellent. go. There's your rhyme. Thank you for having me. Well, until next time, folks, so we see you down the road. This is the Dennis Daniel Show saying, Good night, Chachi. 